Coming up this week, the Tesla Model S Plaid sets a new record and maybe more than one. Subaru and Caterham have both introduced their first EVs and much more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 64 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. It has been a jam-packed week full of EV stories, and I've actually had to pare down what I've included in the podcast because there's just too much to cover in the amount of time that I've got. It has been a very exciting week, to be sure. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. First up for you this week comes from Autocar about a planned EV from Caterham. Over its almost five decades of experience, the company hasn't altered the formula of their car too much, but in the near future, they may be forced to change in order to keep selling cars. And they know it, going EV is inevitable for everybody if you want to stay relevant in the coming years, and so Caterham is reportedly going to launch its first EV in 2023. Naturally, the resulting vehicle, with its battery weight, will definitely be heavier than today's gas-burning models, and I don't know if it'll just be an electric version of the 7 that already exists, or if it will be a different and more robust model. When it comes to performance, however, it will reportedly be comparable to today's top-of-the-line 7, the 620R, which can sprint to 60 in 2.79 seconds, challenging all but the quickest of today's EVs. Caterham CEO Graham McDonald did also say that the brand will continue to make gas-powered cars as well, and they don't see an end to ICE production anytime soon. So it's exciting to see that this iconic vehicle is finally going EV, and there's no doubt that it will be a very exciting vehicle to drive, both on the streets and, possibly more importantly, on the track. GM is back in the news this week with the GMC Hummer EV releasing some new footage, not CGI this time, of the Hummer EV electric pickup off-roading in the western US. It's also nice to see GMC having several working prototypes of the electric pickup truck, which is supposed to go into production later this year. GM is starting their production with the first edition of the vehicle, and that is going to have a starting price of over $110,000. They do plan on building cheaper versions and bringing those to market with smaller battery packs in the coming years, the cheapest version being a start price of $80,000. It should have over 250 miles of range on a single charge, but if you want that one, you're going to have to wait until the spring of 2024. Subaru, through its partnership with Toyota, has announced their first electric vehicle as well, called the Solterra. We knew that after Toyota revealed the BC4X that it wouldn't be too long before Subaru came out with their version, and we didn't have to wait too long at all. The name Solterra, being a blend of Sol for Sun and Terra for Earth, is just one renaming act from the company. Toyota's ETNG global platform for their new EVs is also getting a renaming under the Subaru badge as the eSubaru global platform. 
A series of teaser images shows us that the vehicle itself will basically be identical to the Toyota BZ4X, just in Subaru clothing. Much the same way that Toyota and Subaru have previously done between the Toyota 86, the Scion FRS, and the Subaru BRZ. Both the Solterra and the BZ4X will be all-wheel drive vehicles in which Subaru's expertise promises to make them both compelling cars in grip and off-road ability, and Toyota's contribution would be its excellent electrification technology, at least according to Subaru. And if you can't make up your mind which one you want, the good news is you still have plenty of time to choose your preferred badge. Subaru say that they intend on selling the Solterra towards the middle of next year in Japan, China, Europe, and then also here in North America. It is not often that an electric vehicle is developed and I haven't heard about it, but this week I learned about the Fulminea made by Automobile Estrema, an Italian company, and honestly, I think I'm in love again. This is another electric hypercar to join the ranks of the Lotus Avaya, Remax C2, and a Spark Owl, and others. And it's got some impressive numbers to prove that it belongs at the top. Zero to 60 miles an hour comes in two seconds, which is definitely quick. But the zero to 200 mile per hour comes in under 10 seconds. Now, that is made possible by its absolutely massive amount of power the company says it produces over 2000 horsepower now as with a lot of the other super and hyper cars only 61 are going to be made and the price point is three million dollars but what's really neat about this it will be one of the first if not the first ev to use solid state batteries and high performance ultra capacitors as well Eric Schilling from Jalopnik says this car is absurd on every level, and I'm inclined to agree with him. However, it's possible that this is the last time that we will ever see it, given how complicated and expensive it is to make a supercar from basically scratch. And with every new supercar announced, you get the feeling companies certainly intend to make them, but... They also reserve the right to later say, uh, never mind, we weren't going to actually do it. And the Estrema Fulmania or Fulmania isn't any different. Still, an absurd electric car that may or may not be getting made from a company that you and I have probably never heard of until this week is exactly the kind of thing the EV world can embrace. There is nothing wrong with showing off the boundaries of what is possible with electric vehicle technology, and this car certainly does that. All right, and on to our headline story, or honestly, a couple of stories really this week about the Tesla Model S Plaid, and it has been pushed to its limits in testing, and the results are mind-blowing. So let's start with the quarter mile. We already know that Tesla dominates the quarter mile. The performance version of the Model 3 runs mid-11s, which is extremely impressive for a sub-$60,000 car. And the previous Model S performance will keep pace with supercars in the low 10-second times in quarter mile. I believe the record's 10-4. And with the Plaid version of the Model S, there is a chance that Tesla has pulled off an impressive record and earned the title of quickest production car ever. And I'm saying there's a chance in using the word might because reports are 
kind of hazy. Uh, on the surface, it seems like everybody is reporting that Tesla has this new record. But honestly, all I can find is a bunch of outlets kind of reporting based on reading each other's articles. And the source of this information seems to originally have come from Drive Tesla Canada, who spoke with an anonymous source. So take this with a grain of salt and keep in mind that we don't really know. But if this is true, the Model S Plaid, the one that they're getting ready to re-release back into the world, if you will, the Model S Plaid will do the quarter mile in 9.23 seconds with a trap speed of 152.15 miles an hour and have a zero to 60 time less than two seconds. Now, they're saying the quarter mile pass took place at Auto Club Famoso Raceway in Bakersfield, California, and there's word that Jay Leno may have been there filming for his show, Jay Leno's Garage. So if this is true, these numbers are actually real, that would make the, the Model S Plaid the fastest production car ever in the quarter mile, beating out all of the supercars, hypercars, Bugattis, McLarens, everything. And it's a, what, two-ton, four-door family car? Um, this is really quite impressive it's, if it's true. But Tesla isn't just testing the straight-line speed of the Model S Plaid either. The Kilowatts YouTube gang spotted the Model S Plaid lapping the course at Laguna Seca as well. And there were a couple of interesting points to point out about this. First being the kilowatts were timing things themselves and using a very non-official manner to do so, but they think the Model S was lapping in the one minute 30 second range. And that's really impressive, but not a lap record. But secondly, one thing they noticed was that a version of the Model S was also testing using an active rear wing. And that type of aerodynamic improvement is common on sport luxury cars and certainly would give the Model S an added advantage when lapping hard. Now, previously, Tesla's testing of the Model S back in 2019, I believe it was, secured a lap record uh, for the fastest four-door production car around Laguna Seca at 1 minute 36.555 seconds. So even if the Model S Plaid doesn't take the overall record with this version of the car, shaving possibly six seconds off its time is still really impressive. Now, Tesla originally planned for initial deliveries of the Plaid Model S, the refreshed Model S, if you will, for February, but delays for further testing and minor tweaks have pushed the schedule back. At this time, deliveries are expected to start coming within the next month or so. And honestly, you can't fault Tesla for refining and improving the vehicle before they get it out. Uh, certainly, they've received a lot of criticism for doing the exact opposite, just releasing a vehicle, selling it, and then making improvements from there. So it's obvious that this is very, very important to them this time to make sure they get it right, right out of the gate. And I'm so, so excited for this car because for the money, there will not be any vehicle on the planet that will provide the performance or functionality of what the Model S Plaid will do. It is a testament to Tesla's superior design and engineering teams. And before you jump all over me on that, yes, there 
are other vehicles that will provide maybe better track experience. There are better built vehicles when it comes to the fit and finish. And yes, Tesla doesn't have a legacy of racing to lean on. But taking all of that into account, you can't help but be impressed with what they've been able to achieve in basically a decade of building this car. Not even, actually, because the first Model S came out in 2012. So nine years, look where they started, look where they are now. So the last story I have for you this week is yet about another EV that can do 0 to 60 in less than three seconds. And I didn't actually plan the episode with this kind of theme in mind, but it occurs to me that the Subaru Solterra might be the only EV that I've talked about this week that won't do a three second or less zero to 60. And that is actually really amazing if you think about it. Three seconds or less to 60 miles an hour used to be reserved for the most expensive hypercars and supercars that really you couldn't buy or even experience unless you had a ton of money. So the only the richest and wealthiest people on the planet could really enjoy that experience. And that just isn't the case anymore. EVs are, are it's almost like equalizing the playing field. They're changing everything and bringing speed to the masses and this next one might surprise you a little bit it's the aptera or the reboot of the aptera the the latest iteration of such it is a sub three second ev as well that will likely get as many looks standing still as it will blasting away from the traffic light now, the word reboot is on my mind when I'm talking about the Aptera because there is a YouTube channel called the Aptera Reboot Channel, and they got the chance to participate and record a conversation with Aptera's CEO, Nathan Armstrong. And he gave the Denver Electric Vehicle Council almost two hours of his time to clarify a lot of interesting aspects of the electric trike. Reminder, this has three wheels. The performance model, or the 0 to 60 in sub-3 seconds, is going to have three electric motors. So they talked about, of course, the 0 to 60 time for a little bit, but also something really interesting. The Aptera is also designed to be able to float. So I guess that's great if you ever get in a situation where the road is flooded. It would be interesting to see if that's a design that maybe the aftermarket can take a hold of and turn the Aptera into an amphibious vehicle as well. Like if you had uh, some sort of propeller that you could attach to the outside. I don't know. I'm getting kind of off track with that. Um, and honestly, I won't touch on more on this because it was a two-hour conversation. They did go through quite a bit. People were asking questions in the chat and Nathan Armstrong was giving answers to that. So if you want to check that out, I really suggest you go over to the Aptera Reboot YouTube channel and watch the conversation. They have it split into two videos. It's, it's easy to kind of digest in that way. Uh, so check out part one and then once you're finished with that, check out part two, Aptera Reboot their YouTube channel. So that's all I have for you for the news this week. So let's move on to our weekly Q&A. And as usual, the weekly Q&A is brought to you by Charged Future EV Consultancy. If you 
or somebody you know is interested in an EV, buying uh, new or used, just have questions about what vehicle would fit your lifestyle best, uh, or something that Daria is really, really good at, he is an expert, is getting, uh, talking about or planning more specifically, to get charging installed for a business. So if there's a business that you frequent and you want the owner to install some charging, or if you own a business, I definitely recommend reaching out to Daria and he'll help kind of determine what the best path forward is. Now, mention that you heard about Charged Future here on this podcast for a 10% discount on any build services. The initial consultation is free, so head over to chargedfuture.com and get started. So last week's question was, do you think 800 volt systems will quickly prevail or will we be driving 400 volt EVs for a long time? And Robert Asher says he hopes they go with higher voltages as he understands the higher voltage system can charge EVs faster. Andrew Goldberger thinks 800 volt systems will be the new standard for EVs as well and be there before it's an official standard for fast chargers. Rajiv Narayan would like to see us move to higher voltages as well as charging and discharging are limited by amperage and by having higher voltages, it means that you can move more kilowatts, more total electrical energy with fewer amps. And that is true. In fact, that is part of the reason why I specifically chose this question to begin with. Eric Stevens thinks it will rely on where larger battery EVs will migrate to higher voltage systems and smaller, more affordable cars will remain in the 400 volt space. And all of these are excellent answers. And I'm excited, I guess, to announce that next week's podcast will actually be a deep dive into comparing 800 volt systems to 400 volt systems, what the benefits are, uh, if there are any benefits, and that uh, might be a little foreshadowing, and we'll be skipping the news entirely next week to cover this. And I'm doing that because it's a very important topic and something that, honestly, I've been working on for quite a while. So now it's finally time to release this to the public, to all of you. So make sure you tune in next week for that. And I will have a Q&A for next week as well. So the question is this. If you could design your very own EV, whether it be for you or for everybody, you know, if you were a car designer for electric vehicles, what specifications would your vehicle have? And keep in mind performance, range, battery size, cost, the type of vehicle, whether it's a car or a sedan or, or a truck, van, whatever, airplane, boat. Honestly, sky's the limit. I want you guys to get creative with this, and I'm really curious to see what you guys can think up. So submit your answers via email to hello at ev-resource.com or, as always, reply to the social media posts, and I'll read them out on next week's podcast. Uh, I have been putting the posts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so keep an eye on our social media for that post and share what you think. So that is your show for this week. Thank you so much for listening and watching the YouTube video. Please share this with your friends and anybody that you know that are interested in electric vehicles. I, I do want to give a big shout out to our Patreon executive producers, Rajiv Narayan and Greg Fuller. 
if you want to support my efforts here at EV Resource with the podcast and then also the magazine as well, you can check things out there at patreon.com slash EV Resource. I do invite feedback on the podcast or really anything, any ideas or anything you want to talk about, send me an email. Uh, And of course, you can always leave a comment on the YouTube video as well. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff so that in the future, not only will you get the shows delivered to you automatically, but it will help other people find this podcast as well. If you want to listen to any of the previous podcast episodes, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section and on all of the major podcast platforms. So thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week.